Hey guys, welcome to Calling on the Sisterhood podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Millie. And I'm Jaden. And this is episode two. Obviously, if you haven't listened to episode one, go check that out right now. And the trailer. Chronological order. (laughs) Yeah. For this episode, Millie and I have individually read the book of Esther. And then before jumping on the mic, we read it together. It was really hard not to talk about it as we were reading it because I, I was know. trying to save it so that we had like the authentic conversation for the podcast which was really hard to do a couple times I was like look at this I'm really excited for this one because it's such a short book with so much to it if you break down the timelines they give you it happens over so much more time than it seems and so many things line up perfectly that you just see God so much in the book of Esther. Yeah. I've read Esther a few times. I kind of struggle in general when I'm reading the Bible to actually lean into the fact that this, these are real characters, these are real places, like this happened. It's not like a f- novel. Like, exactly. Fiction. Yeah. Yeah, like David and Goliath every time I read that. I know. It's just so crazy, just so out there that you're like, this can't be real. <laughs> Pretty much. It's like a Marvel movie, and people pay money to go see that in theaters. Yeah. You don't own one. There you go. <laughs> but um, reading it this time around, I really played it in my head more like nonfiction, like realizing like really biography. Yeah. Really noticing the character of the people in it. For example, Esther, Mordecai, their character traits and like their courage throughout the book. When you think of it as if you were there, you realize how hard it hard it would have been. Yeah, and like, okay, I always got the version like of Veggie Tales. <laughs> Spoiler alert, Haman gets hanged. Instead of getting hanged in, ve- in Veggie Tales, um, they like tickle him to death with a feather. Wait, is it to death? I don't know. Like that's what they just go into a dark room and they like don't show him dying. Obviously, it's a kid's <laughs> show, so he died from too much tickling. Yeah. So it's, like, kind of funny. But then you, like, it's hard to read the story after that and not think, like, it's not, like, a just a fiction or story book. I love the detail they put at the beginning into describing the citadel. Like, they talk about white and blue curtains, purple and silver rods, marble pillars, couches of stuff. It's just, it's so much detail and to think of the the time frame in which this was done and um how how cool this building would have been i wonder if it's still i feel like it doesn't still exist maybe it does maybe there's like ruins somewhere i don't know maybe we should look it up after yeah sounds pretty nice (laughs) sounds cold every time i think of structures in biblical times i think it's very cold like being in a cement room well we're currently in my garage, and it's cement, and it's pretty hot in here. Yeah, it's roasting. Yeah. <laughs> We're sitting on freezers in my garage right now. But it said, like, it was in between India and Ethiopia. So it would have been warm there. So they probably wanted cold buildings. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know why I get hung up on that, but I do. Every time, I just think, man, it'd be so cold. <laughs> Here's a coat. The thing that caught me in Chapter 1 was how much of a influence Queen Vashti had. Like, her, her example was, like, she was to be an example to 
the people of, I don't need, I, I forget where, but yeah. Honestly, when we were reading this, we didn't know how to pronounce half the names. King Ahasuerus, we were just yeah, calling so we're just King, King, King A. King A, yeah. But I know what you mean, like, when they say that her having her pride and refusing the king's request was there's going to be an uproar amongst all of the people yeah like, all the marriages deal. yeah and i was like that's crazy that like all that pressure on you to be like that that example like not only to like nowadays it'd be like your children or like your community but a whole kingdom yeah that's pressure and you can't even hide and have your moment because they live with all the other women and who they're also an example to. The thing I really liked about chapter one, and I think it kind of goes into chapter two as well, but Queen Vashti kind of had, I don't know if pride is the word, but like that refusal of the king. And then Esther is very meek. Like she's very humble. If knows it her pleases place. the king. Yeah. And very, even when she goes to ask and he offers her, what is it where they go? They each have their time with the king. And then. Oh, is it the eunuch offers her or advise? She, they're allowed to bring one thing into the king, but she just brings what the eunuch advises. And she's like winning the hearts of all the people along the way. Yeah, which I think shows that there's several times throughout here where I can kind of see where God's kind of playing them, not like puppets, I feel like that's a bad word, but where he gives the King A, we're going to call him King A through this because I can't pronounce it. (laughs) King A, where he gives him, like he can't sleep, so they have to read the Chronicles to him, where it brings up Mordecai and softens his heart to Mordecai. Or when his heart is softened towards Esther. Right. The way things play out in the, the timeline they happen is pretty cool. And I love the relationship between Mordecai and Esther. Like yeah. when she's first with the all the women at the king's court, is that right? I feel like that's wrong. Yeah, but at the king's the place. Yeah, yeah. How he comes by every day to check on her. Yeah, and like the harem we looked it up and it's like where all the concubines uh female servants and where they all stay together and i'm like oh my goodness like i feel like that would be so degrading and so much jealousy yeah i know they don't like touch on it but can you imagine being one of the mistresses having to live with queen esther who got chosen over you yeah, and then you just you just have to obey her. Like, I can't imagine. Yeah. Like, I know, like, the Bible doesn't talk about every detail, but I can only imagine, like, the hurt. And, like, because they only have the king for one night, and then, like... At the same time, it's, do they actually want the king, or were they thrown in there? Yeah, and I'm just like, that's kind of nasty. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's not cool. At the same time, I think they must have, they must grow to have a good relationship if they're stuck together. Because even when, um, before she goes to the king's court, where she's scared that if he doesn't hold out the golden scepter, you can be put to death. Where, I feel like this is, this is a couple chapters in, when Mordecai tells her that 
basically, if she doesn't do this, you may not perish with the Jews, but you're still going to go. And so she asks him to fast or to gather all the, tells him to gather all the Jews to fast together. And then she goes and does the same with the women that are housed with her. So I like that um, because it shows community of people gathering together to do this and like submitting that to God. Point being, she like also fasts with all the women in the house. And I think in the times too, although it probably still would have been hard, um, it would be hard to be like one of the mistresses, but they must have somehow had a good relationship if they're together for that long to all feast or fast together. Yeah, I could see it coming in like waves. Maybe it was a blessing, maybe, or not a blessing, maybe it was like a high honor to be one of the mistresses, even if you weren't the queen. That's true. All the feasts and the gifts. And the... Yeah, because I would, nowadays, I would think about it like you're just another, like, option. Oh, yeah. Nowadays? Mm. I mean, even then, I wasn't really <laughs> great. But nowadays? Oof. That would, I don't know. I think it's, it'd be sad nowadays. But, like, in those times, I have no idea how they felt. But, like, it's funny that, not funny, but <laughs> the Bible never focuses on, not never, but it doesn't focus on how you feel. Like, because Esther was like, what if I don't say anything? And Mordecai's like, what did he I think even it's say? like a self-preservation. I think we're all guilty of that in a way. Yeah. But in that moment, too, I think about that when I read it. I kind of, you kind of hear more often when Esther comes up, the part about her saying, if I perish, I perish, being so honorable and courageous. And now that we've just read it, it's kind of ironic because just moments before that, she kind of has this like self-preservation. Yeah. I'm not going to say anything because I could potentially die. And he's, you realize all of these Jews are going to die together. And whether you die with us or not, your day is going to come. So it's just kind of, ironic there because you always hear about the second part where she has the courage which is still amazing that she she does that people kind of leave that part out yeah I I've had my times where I'm like so what if I die you know Oof. <laughs> <laughs> okay maybe not everybody <laughs> but I'm just like then it's over you mean so what as in like just have the courage or more like, if that's the plan, so be it. I mean, we've talked about this before. I do not know how people who aren't Christians get through hard things. And sometimes I feel like that's where all the like addictions and, and coping mechanisms come into play. But yeah, but even when I was in the hospital, what was that? 17 hours, so much pain. And um, but I just kept praying. I was praying for everybody that I could think of was to go and then I was trying to just put my heart in the place to God of being like if I go then it it was your plan like putting my faith in that so I had that comfort and that peace about it yeah obviously I'm here today and I might have been a little dramatic 17 hours into the ER it just it's such a peace I was on a roller coaster on Colton Lai's anniversary last year with one of his friends as well and I was terrified I love rides but that's only because when I am on those rides I'm like peace Holy Spirit, like, just give me some calmness right now. (laughs) Give me some peace and some joy so I can look back on this and smile instead of cry. (laughs) 
You know what? A friend told me once. What? Having that like nervous kind of feeling before. Do you ever get nervous going into the plane or anything? Like it, the first time? Mm, maybe when I flew the plane, that was nerve wracking. Yeah, like that kind. Including it in that's part of the fun. It is. It's hard because, like, she said that, and I was like, dang. When I really need to, like, it, shift my mindset. And then it's mindset. so cool. Yeah, it gets, it's way cooler when your perspective is right, like, with it. Well, my dad, one time he had set up scaffolding next to the barn. I think he was roofing or something. I don't know. But me and my sisters were up there, and two of my sisters are terrified of heights yeah. on their hands and knees. And I was a little chicken, but I didn't want to be as chicken. <laughs> so I was sitting. I wasn't quite standing. And then my dad said that fears are like a muscle. The more you work it, I can't remember how he worded it, but something is effective. Example, I thought he said faith you, is like a muscle. No, he said fear is like a muscle because um, like a fear of heights. So if you keep challenging yourself to go Higher to different height. heights, it's going to get easier. Whereas like if you're lifting a five pound weight, eventually it's going to be really easy. I mean, for some people it probably already is, but like a 50 pound, like you have to work up to it. And he said the same thing with fears. And then I, I remember- like how you started with five pounds. <laughs> yeah. You start somewhere, okay? Times 10. I mean 50. <laughs> yeah. What if it was like a two-year-old, okay? You never uh, know. Uh, <laughs> is a two-year-old going to be listening to our podcast? I'm going to make my nephews listen to this podcast. Okay. They're two and three, I think. <laughs> you think? I, then I remember in that moment, I wanted to be a little show off because I just, I just was. And I just yeah. stood up. I was like, no big deal. I actually do quite enjoy heights now. Yeah. Um, I, it's like the adrenaline feeling of oh, you I get love. that little bit. Yeah. So like you get that little bit of fear, little bit of nervousness. But then you just go for it. Yeah, and then you it's just like, like talking to a crush. <laughs> <laughs> just gets easier over time. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Eventually. Just like, oh, actually, you know what? I, Kate, you know what just came to mind? Mm-hmm. That first in Luke, which it bothers me that I don't know the reference right now. But it's like that verse. Let me open my Bible app. It's, I know it's in Luke. Let me just search. Yeah, Luke 16, 10. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest and with, and with very little will also be, di- 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 oh my gosh, will, will, will also be dishonest with much. So our friends lost their house to a tornado, the, the recent tornado in, uh, just outside of Disbury, Carcer's kind of between there. Um, so I started a GoFundMe. So it goes to my bank account. And then I e-transfer it. And I didn't think it was going to be a temptation. Maybe just keep a buck or two. And then I'm like, no. Cause like, and then that verse pops into my head. And I'm like, of course. Thank you, Lord, for that reminder. <laughs> but it's just like. It's not like I would do it, but it did pop into my head. Why not? But it's like... Like the intrusive thought. Yeah. When you're trusted with little, then you can be trusted with much. I definitely have been 
trying to focus on where I can work with God. And that's one of the ways he actually directed me to um, work with him was that, that prompting to start a GoFundMe. So I did. It's just been amazing. It's strengthened my faith, and it's also just changed my perspective on things. I don't know. Being trusted with little, and then, like, what if I'm dishonest with this little thing? I'll be dishonest with much. Just trying to obey God and where where he's working. I feel like that intrusive thought is hard to admit, so I appreciate the honesty. Thank you. (laughs) That is, that's good. That's a good example, too. And it's like a real-life example that you can get those thoughts. And it's not a sin. Like, you can admit you thought this. It's what you do about it. Yeah. Do you, do you give it the time of day? Do you make it a reality? Do you dwell on it? Or does it come to mind and you shut it down? Yeah. I can bet that Esther was like, I don't feel like going into the king. Oh, yeah. She definitely thought, no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was like she was just going to ride it out. Yeah. <laughs> she put her people before anything she felt it's all a choice it's putting others before yourself which is literally the golden rule dying to self yeah it's true overcome it and push through or when millie and i were reading esther we really tried to preserve the conversation for the in front of the mic so it's more authentic but one thing we just had to comment on was there's at least three times where the king is asking Esther what she wants. And before she even answers, he says, but he offers, he says, you can have anything up to half the kingdom, which is a lot. It like shows you how much he... He reveals his, his, all his cards before. Like, you know when, when somebody, like, you don't want to reveal like, your top offer? Yeah. Start lower? Mm-hmm. He just goes to the top and is like, half my kingdom is yours. <laughs> yeah, like you can tell. He's like, I want to give something Yeah, whatever to you. you want. Yeah, like I, I, that's a huge declaration of I will give you up to half, especially in those times considering Queen Vashti first stating, saying no to something. She was removed from being a queen, but to Esther, he's basically saying, you could be my equal. I'll give you up to half my kingdom. Yeah. So that's, that's a lot. But he still gives uh, the house of Haman for her to rule over. Mm-hmm. Like more, technically, technically, Mordecai is the, like, he has the signet ring and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and Mordecai, I think he kind of gets overlooked a little bit in the book of Esther. But that man had some serious perseverance for the Lord for what he, he stood by what he was doing. When he, even when they were like tempting him and I guess kind of picking on him about not bowing to Haman, Haman, that guy, he, he stuck with it. And even when Esther, when she was trying to give him robes to cover him up from like the sackcloth and whatnot, he did not let her and um, he sticks by it. I know a big controversial topic has been the vaccine in the past, but like sticking to whether or not you're going to get it either side you're on not bending because you're gonna lose a job or whatever not I don't know what word I'm looking for but just not giving it for what you believe in yeah and I I've thought this a couple times sometimes it just feels easier oh 100% it's easier to to give in 
it's like accountability versus judgment accountability it's like hey you're falling here i want to help you up because i care about you and i want to see you live whereas judgment is just like oh look what they're doing yeah and it's more of a i've got this in my pocket to gossip about yeah well and that's a hard thing because you obviously you can't control how they think or what they do just giving them a stepping stone and I think actions speak so much louder than words. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can tell them I'm a Christian and go drinking every weekend, but really what is different than you to the next guy at the bar? Yeah. In fact, I almost would think in a way that's worse because now they're looking at you as an example of yeah. a Christian. Yeah, so they're like, why be a Christian if I can just be the same way I am? And not have to follow any like rules i have one situation that i think about a lot i really wish that i could i could have done things differently but i had gone to the hospital and i was waiting for my husband to pick me up because he wasn't allowed to come in and so i was sitting outside on a bench and he he was just coming to grab me and this woman came all these benches are empty and she happens to sit on the same one I was a little bit out of it because I just wanted to go home. And she just started talking to me about how she was here visiting her sister. It was a really rough situation. And she was so nice. In my head, I kept thinking, I should pray for her. I should pray with her. I should bring up Jesus. Yeah. Somehow, even if it's just to say, I'll be praying for you. Even if if I would have just said that, it would have been at least something. And I wish I just worked up the courage to ask her if I could pray for her and her family and her sister. We were probably there for about 10, 15 minutes. She shook my hand, and then I got in the car, and I just had this overwhelming sense of shame. And I just, I think about that quite often. And it, now it gives me more courage in a moment to say something i think it should be not a a way to guilt yourself every time you think about it but a way as this is what i want to do next time it's like an encouragement i try not to dwell on it too much but it's an encouragement to me for next time to say just do it i have not seen that woman again <laughs> if i would have said can i pray for you and she started screaming at me and and whatever else well great i jumped in a car i never saw her again and you would have an interesting story. So yeah, exactly, exactly. It's just, it's the perseverance and the courage of just in the moment, just to, just to speak up. And I'm not a fan of controversy, which is quite interesting, because that's basically my career. <laughs> I, I really struggle with that, and it doesn't always have to be controversial. True. There's a verse. It's funny that all these verses are coming to me. It's, what can man do to me? I don't know the rest of it, but I know it's along those lines. But it's like, it's so true. Beaten, bruised, killed. What can man do to me? Because I can go to heaven in the end. Paul dancing in a prison cell. <laughs> Literally. What can they do to me that is so bad that I can't see my Savior in the end? In that moment, we have that feeling Esther did of that self-preservation in the moment. You want to run, 
the verse that people often use for worry warts and anxious people, the one oh, about yeah. um, do not worry about tomorrow for each day is enough of its own. I think that also applies to if you got to speak up, don't worry about what people are going to say tomorrow or the next week or the next month. Don't even worry about it the next hour. Yeah. And Millie and I had talked about this. <laughs> I even posting a story on Instagram, I panic. I will rewatch it 500 times. And I've gone to the point of don't watch it. You took the picture, you took the video, whatever. Just post it because nine out of the 10 people who are going to watch it are probably just going to click by and not even see it anyways. When I do start getting that feeling lately, I just pray about it. Even if it's like a picture of a golf ball on my Instagram story, I just pray like, God, please don't let the, the comments or the judgment of other people dictate what I do or what I say. I would rather God give me that shame over something I said than value the shame of other humans over yeah over that are you trying to please man or yeah or god which is harder said than done (laughs) yeah yeah and it it just feels so ridiculous considering we're like in a first world country we got all of our basic needs and lots of luxuries luxuries yeah and yet it's our pride that still holds us back from saying anything (laughs) ranting now yeah i mean it comes down to what what are they gonna what can they do to me that's like it's just gonna feel bad for how long an hour a night whatever yeah well even like psalms or proverbs 31 25 she is clothed with strength and dignity she can laugh at the days to come i i really love that verse because that's who i want to be (laughs) i want to be clothed with strength and dignity and I want to laugh at the days to come. Oh, that's what I was going to say when you were saying, okay, I do remember in college when I was, I was very much like that. I worried if people wanted me around or just were inviting me out of pity. I remember the time I told somebody this. Hearing it out loud sound, sounded so ridiculous. I need to enjoy my own company. Just spend it with God. Because Having, like, you know, the classic FOMO. Have you heard of that? Fear of missing out? Yeah. Instead, creating your own event, basically. You're not missing out. You're the event. Yeah. Not in a conceited way or, like, arrogant, but to realize that you do bring value to every conversation and a different perspective, and you are... A valuable human and maybe you're not in the right crowd as well mm-hmm. well words are very powerful and especially as a christian you've got to believe that because you pray so if words weren't powerful why would you pray yeah well you said that to me once when i said something terrible about somebody i didn't think would exist or does exist Oh, yes. Yes, I remember this. I was was in a really just terrible mood, terrible place. We all wasn't feeling helpful. We all have those moments, yeah. And I was just like, you know what? Screw people. I'm just going to live my life just alone. A part of that comes from 
so many people leaving. Well, I got mad. I got mad. Yeah. So I was like, so you're just declaring it over your own life. Like you're just set in that. I was like, and you're really going to say that to all these people and about these people. I was like, you don't actually mean it. Yeah. And the reason I had, it's like the night before my husband and I were talking about the power of words. <laughs> and so, I mean, obviously everybody is so guilty of saying things like, um, in the moment, in the moment. And then we carry on and then we go pray. Um, and it's like when we're praying, we're like, these words mean something. When we worship, we typically use words. We're singing. But then we'll turn around and think, like, look in the mirror and be like, ugh, just look so ugly today. It's like, well, wait a minute. Yeah. Are you? It's like, what are you saying here? And I, I bounce around that spectrum. I am freaking fantastic. <laughs> I'm saying this, but I have my days where I walk past the mirror and I say, oh, wow, I look so ugly today. Yeah, I have those days too. You know what? I just don't need to look in the mirror right now if I'm going to say that. I'm just trying to find. What section are you looking for? Oh, so chapter six of Esther. This part gets me because Haman is on his, he's getting the gallows made up to hang Mordecai. How ironic that he gets to be hanged by those that he built. Yes, that is kind of the irony. So at the end of chapter five, Haman's wife and his friends are saying, let the gallows be made. And then in the morning, suggest to the king that Mordecai be hanged on it. And then it's still the night before, in the beginning of chapter six, it says that night the king could not sleep. So one was commanded to bring the book of records of the Chronicles, and they were read before the king, and it was found written that Mordecai had told of all oh, the names, um, Bigathana <laughs> and Teresh, two of the king's eunuchs, the doorkeepers who had sought to lay hands on King A. Then the king said, what an honor or dignity has been stowed on Mordecai for this. I love that part. When he couldn't sleep, that's the book he wants read to him. Happens to be the part about Mordecai. Yeah, that's and what so, I find crazy. It's yeah. that exact part. Like, yep. Then he asks, has this man been rewarded? Mm-hmm. And there is no such thing as coincidences. Yeah. So God totally set that up. Actually, somebody told me, and I can't remember if, who it was, but when you can't sleep, maybe it's, it's God trying to get your attention. You have time now to talk to me, sister. I mean, technically daughter, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, why not? So I actually, I started practicing that when I can't sleep because I'm terrible at sleeping. If you can be terrible at something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's sleeping. <laughs> I'm terrible. But if I can't sleep, I'll lie there and pray just about all these things. And like, I used to be worried. Oh my gosh, if I just don't, if I don't say amen at the end, it's not a closed prayer so it's like doesn't go up to heaven and it's such a stupid way <laughs> of thinking obviously if i'm talking to you and then i i suddenly fall asleep you heard everything i said up until when i fell asleep <laughs> it's not all right bye Jaden. closed yeah it's like you texted it all out and just forgot to hit send you know it's yeah. already sent think that i'll do the lord's prayer but it's so um memorized i guess that i think if i'm not paying attention so detailed to every single word that i didn't say it so i'll repeat it several times and then i think wow god's probably like hey i got it like you can just eat you can just get up out of bed whatever you're doing (laughs) 
talked about my hospital visit, another hospital visit. I'm going to talk about my surgery. I'm healthy, everybody. I'm fine. <laughs> this is just ironically all of the events that are coming to mind. But I had a surgery, and one of my husband's best friends came to pick up a dish or something. And we were at the door, and, and he asked how I was recovering. He said he'd been praying for me. And then he, we said goodbye, and he left. And all I could think was, oh, oh my God, wow. wow. There's so many unknowns. Because I know I'm praying for people that would not think a single thing. Yeah, well, it stuck with me and then closed the door. And to him, he probably just left and went on his merry way. But to me, I was sitting there and I was like, whoa, he was praying for me. That's so sweet. And then I was thinking about all of my friends and my family and all the things going on in their life. I thought, whoa, I got a lot of prayers to make here. I got to catch up. And so I was laying in bed that night, wide awake just thinking about that interaction. And so I just prayed over every single person that came to mind, their situations, and I just kept the ball rolling. I, it could have been an hour. It could have been 20 minutes. It, it blows my mind that you pray for me. Like, that's just crazy. It's cool, though. Hey, I love it. It's so cool. I love it when somebody texts me, can you pray for me? And I get really embarrassed to actually type out the prayer that I'm praying over them and hit send. But I love doing that now because I have kind of been guilty of in the past saying, yes, I'm going to pray for you. And then I forget. And it's like, no, uh, God, do it in that moment. I could be in my car, not driving if I'm (laughs) just typing away a prayer. But just whatever it is, if I have the time to read that text message, I got the time to bow my head and pray. And um, so I've started typing. And my sister is the one who did this to me that made me realize, oh, yeah, I've definitely asked for prayer before, but not like thought about it afterwards like it's kind of the question of did they actually pray for me <laughs> but, but my I asked my sister for prayer one time and then she typed out the prayer and sent it to me and I was like whoa this is cool yeah wow. so nice and one of the things that I love is when my husband and I pray together and I get to hear him pray for me I'm like oh that's sweet he loves me <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> so much. It's so much. Uh, it's, it means so much more. I'll have to close that. It means so much more when you know that a person who puts God over everything in their life is praying to that God about you. Knowing that Millie is praying to God about me, I'm like, oof. How do you know that? Oh. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you were lying, but I'm not a liar. Out. Yeah, and I love looking back and seeing prayers fulfilled because sometimes it feels like you're just saying words that aren't being heard. It's true. But they feel like they get lost in the air. (laughs) But look at Esther. They fasted for three days, and look what happened. Like, you can see it. You can see it laid out in there. And this is over such a long period of time the whole book of Esther is yeah. that they didn't see everything happening in the moments. And I look back and Millie and I were both praying for friendship and we became friends. Oh yeah. Like a week before. I'm praying for a little bit longer. So I guess <laughs> testing my patience, but, um, but I was praying <laughs> I just up to that point. Yeah. And that's why I texted you because I was just praying for friends and I realized I have to stop waiting for people to come to me and just, Take that leap of faith. 
It's true. Yeah. Although in the end, you were probably the one who actually set it up because I just said, we should get coffee sometime. And then you said, when? (laughs) (laughs) When and where and tell me now. (laughs) You're like, we need to make a plan or it's not going to happen. I remember reading that text and I was like, "Mm, best friends in the making. Oh my goodness. I felt so aggressive that I was like, okay, maybe this, not this one. (laughs) I had such an insane week ahead, probably next two weeks ahead, that honestly, when I sent that, I was like, well, I'll follow up when it's all done. But then once you sent that, I was like... I gotta find time so we made time and it happened and we are now here sitting on my freezer recording a episode podcast. Two of our podcast which is super exciting yes it is that sounded sarcastic sorry <laughs> it's super exciting <laughs> little zone out there for just a second but uh yeah so i just wanted to read the last chapter of esther it says and king a imposed tribute on the land and on the islands of the sea. Now all the acts of his power and his might and the account of the greatness of Mordecai, to which the king advanced him, are they not written in the book of chronicles of the kings of Media and Persia? For Mordecai the Jew was second to King A and was great among the Jews and well received by the multitude of his brethren, seeking the good of his people and speaking peace to all his countrymen. That is wild. It goes from gallows being set up for Mordecai's death, but it ends up with him being being second to the That's Kate. Here's a, that, this is, (laughs) oh my gosh. (laughs) This is what I'm saying about like being trusted with little. And then like just him saying, Esther, you need to go to the king. I mean, technically it's not him putting his life on the line to go before the king but he's like esther you need to do this and like and she honors him because he was her father figure yeah but just to like be trusted with that little thing and then he's obviously he's trusted with much in this in this um last chapter and still he, he's he sought the welfare of his people and spoke peace to all his people I can't say that I've spoken peace to every single person. It's like a muscle. You start with five. Shut <laughs> 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 up. Sorry, I had, to, I had to jump on that opportunity. Fine. But yeah, no, I, I totally know what you mean there. I also think that we at least once have to try pronouncing the king's name. Okay. Does it look different in your Bible or am I? No, it doesn't. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that it would maybe be different, but I'm also probably gonna pronounce this wrong. I think Shushan might be different in our Bibles because you kept saying Susa. Susa. It's S U S A. Well, in mine, it's S H U S H A N. Shushan. That is not the same city. <laughs> I mean, you kept saying Susa. I was like, what? The I know you kept using S H. Yeah, look at right here. S H U S H A N. Oh. So it's Susa, the Citadel. All right. Yeah, okay. But I, that's why I asked if the king's name was different. Um, king Ahasuerus. King Ahasuerus. Okay, maybe it's not that hard to pronounce. Maybe, maybe we are saying it. We just but, need to yeah. practice. But also, when else am I going to say it? That's <laughs> true. <laughs> the next podcast. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Also, if there is a book or a chapter in Esther or a relationship or anything 
that you guys would want to hear next, please let us know. I know that we didn't really dive into uh, verse by verse and chapter of Esther, but we're also not here to preach. We just we just want to have a conversation. We just want to chat about the things that stood out to us in the relationships and, and make it an open conversation. We want to hear from you guys too. Yeah, we don't want it to be one, one-sided. And, and obviously, if we are like not, if we say the wrong thing, just know that it's not meant as like to lead you astray. And that's why I think it's very important for us to each to dig into our own Bibles. Oh, yeah. And there are some amazing sermons that really break down Esther, too. Yeah. But, and the reason I keep saying it's conversation and we're not preaching is because a lot of the time it's a thought process and we think, oh, I wonder if this. We're not saying it is. Yeah. See, I, I feel like I still know nothing about the Bible. And I've been reading it my whole entire life. I think the more you know, the more you realize you don't know, which is the beauty of it. Because if you could read it and understand it all A to Z, then you would stop reading it. That's fair. You read it once and you call it good. But then, like, you read it again in a different perspective and you're like... In Esther, they're not sitting there like, God made this happen. God said this. God did this. You can see it. And it gets revealed to you more and more when you grow that relationship and you know the character of God and... You start to see it more. And it's like every time you read it, more stands out. And I love, I've been seeing it, I've been noticing it more in the stories of the Bible I've been reading. But it's just like God gives you the space to decide for yourself. Like you have free will. He gives you the space to decide whether or not. Like Esther wasn't, she wasn't forced to go to the king. She could choose to or she could choose to not. In the way she did, it brought glory and honor to God. Anyways, I feel like this has been a long episode, but thank you for listening. I hope we got some video in there, but uh, my camera is acting up, so we'll see how that goes. Anyways, our next podcast episode will be August 15th, and super excited about that one because I'm basically going to be interviewing Millie. Um, because she's doing something insanely exciting on Monday that she told me about, what, yesterday? Oh, yeah, I just kind of booked it, and I was like, why not? Yeah, so what did you book, Millie? I'm going skydiving Monday! <laughs> Woo! And um, I, did, I did sign myself up to one day go with her. Yeah. Um, I tried to say if, and we decided it was a win. So this you is, tried to say if, I said when. That's what I meant. <laughs> so uh, don't we'll do see that. How Monday goes, yeah. but I'm excited. It'll be kind of like a, I guess it'll be an interview with you, um, pretty much. But it'll be cool to talk about. I am excited. I'm excited for you. Secondhand excitement. I'm glad to hear that. Actually, when I got the message, I was freaking out. I was like, my friend's going skydiving. Oh, my goodness. It's so hard to be excited for somebody else, you know? Especially in this world that you're like, it's self-preservation. Oh, my gosh. Well, the, my first thought was, oh, I wish I was doing that. And I was like, who cares? I could, I could, I could book it and I could go. So I can't complain because you yeah. booked it and you're going. So. Yeah, just spontaneous. I don't know. Very spontaneous. <laughs> but I'm so happy for you. And I'm so excited. <laughs> we are probably literally going to film it, if not the day of, very shortly after to make sure it's all fresh, all the excitement, the yeah. adrenaline. 
it'll be good. But it'll be released on August 15th. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks for listening. That'll be our next show. Uh, you can follow along on Instagram. I am working on TikTok. Not sure if we're going to continue that, but they're both calling on the sisterhood. And yeah, you can go check those out. Uh, follow us. And I have a YouTube name saved when we eventually do it. But Just keep an eye out for that. Yeah, so keep an eye yeah. out for that. And whatever platform you're listening in on, please give us a rating. Interact with us somehow so we can get to know you. Leave a review. Leave a review, yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we can get to know you guys a little bit more so we can reach more people and we can just keep the community growing. Yeah. Yeah, so thanks for tuning in. All right. We'll see you in episode three. Peace out.